The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network Podcast, the Golf Edition, sponsored by BetMGM. As a reminder, all odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. Along with me, as always, my friend Peter Jennings. We are going to go through everything this week's CJ Cup at Shadow Creek, man. I can't wait to get into uh, what should be a really fun week with uh, a whole bunch of the world's best players uh, competing at a course where we haven't really seen a whole lot of golf being played. We saw the match a couple of years ago between Tiger and Phil, but we have not seen all of these guys at once. Uh, before we get to that, let's break down a little bit from last week, Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. It was fun. And Peter, I'm telling you, it was just good to see a CSU Ram come through in the clutch. It was great to see Martin Laird come through in the clutch, making CSU proud. And uh, what a cool story. Great for Martin Laird. Um, You know, got the sponsor's exemption. He's actually been out here in Colorado grinding. A bunch of my buddies have played with him and and really, really cool life-changing moment for him. So I did not have a great DFS week. I was all over Matsuyama from a betting perspective, but Martin Laird bailed me out big time. So I was uh, thrilled to see Martin Laird win for a variety of reasons. Yeah, it's funny because you and I are usually on the same side of things. And last week, we were pretty much in agreement on most things. And yet, I had a terrible betting week. But the DFS continues to roll. And DFS was really good for me last week. Uh, Neiman and Answer were two guys that I believe I took on the pod when we make our ultimate DFS lineup. And those were guys that I really liked last week, 4th and 13th, respectively. Um, I'll admit that there are certain Sundays, especially during the fall, during football season, when it's like, I just... I can't I can't spend the entire afternoon watching every single shot. This past Sunday, I watched a whole lot more golf than anything else. I, I'm not sure I missed many shots uh, on the back nine and into the playoff from these guys. It was it was a pretty entertaining watch. By the way, Matthew Wolf ain't going anywhere for a long time. This kid's legit. Wolf, Morikawa, and Hovland all had really interesting starts. I've been the biggest Morikawa promoter. I love Wolf as well, and Hovland. I mean. He started off like lightning hot during the the COVID swing. So what do you think right now? If you had to pick one for their career. You know, it's really funny because they're all grouped together. And and Justin Suh, by the way, was the fourth member of that group who I I was very high on last week and finished in the top 10. Um, watch out for him. He is, you know, it's not like just because the other three uh, took the high road, the fast road to superstardom, like, He's going to be, um, you know, nothing good in his career. He's he's an up and comer, and uh, just taking him a year longer than the other guys. In any case, uh, when they all first turned pro, I'd watched them play in college, watched them play some events as amateurs. I said, you know, Victor Hovland, I think, has another gear that the other guys don't. His floor might be lower, but I think his ceiling is higher than Morikawa and Wolf. And then Morikawa became Morikawa. Morikawa became a major champion. And you look at Morikawa and you say, okay, well, now, you know, that's a silly question. We can't really ask that question because it's obvious it's Colin Morikawa. That was just, what, a month and a half ago? And now we're sitting here going, who is it? And you go, boy, Matthew Wolf is up to 12th in the world. Look how well he played, you know, two majors where he's top four in each of those majors. Just had a runner-up finish in Vegas. 
I will still go with Colin Morikawa right now. He's the most accomplished of the three, and I will put more weight into winning a major championship than coming close a couple of times. But which one do you go with? I know you're a big Morikawa guy. Yeah, I'm the Morikawa guy, but I think Wolf has like the most upside. Like he's hits the ball freaking mile and he gets really, really hot. And the U.S. Open, I mean, Bryson put in an all time performance. He's right there to win. Um, but yeah, I still give the lean to Morikawa. You know, I, he's still the best iron player of the three, but we're not talking about Hovland now. And I feel like Hovland's going to win something here soon. And it's going to be like, oh, Hovland's the best of the three. So golf's in a great place. So many great young players. I throw Zalatoris, who also played well, who we've been talking a bunch. I, obviously, it's a different, you know, he's not in that same crew from a college perspective. And those three are hyped together. But Zalatoris is a young up and comer to really keep your eye on. I'm so impressed looking at his stats now. Like, I mean, the Corn Ferry, he was tearing it up. And what he's done so far on the PGA Tour, like, his ball striking is as good as anyone out there. If we're doing this and we're basing it on age, we better throw Sung Im and we better throw Joaquin Neiman, two of my favorite sure. guys to bet on on a regular basis, and two guys who I really like a lot this week coming off some uh, good ball striking weeks last week. We better throw them in the conversation as well because uh, I believe some of those names we mentioned are actually older than those two players, even though they've been out there and been pro a little bit longer. So, uh, yeah, the game is in good hands. And uh, one last note that I'd like to make on Wolf, uh, Peter, is that Golf is a copycat game. I mean, you know, whether it's a a piece of equipment that, you know, hey, everyone started using this putter grip and all of a sudden some guy won with it and everyone else a week later, 50 more guys are using it. Whether it's, you know, a certain, you know, becoming more fit, but everyone's going to try. Everyone talks about trying to copycat Bryson right now. Okay, well, you know, let's just swing as hard as we can. The analytics tell us that it's better to be 380 off the tee in the rough than it is to be 280 in the middle of the fairway. So let's all try to bulk up and be Bryson. I'm not going to get into the whole Bryson conversation right now. It's, you know, conversation we've had a million times already. We're going to have a million more times. If players out there want to copycat a guy who's running hot right now and a guy who's seeing a lot of success, why don't you go copycat Matthew Wolf, who walks around the golf course with a huge smile on his face, talking to his caddy, Looks like he's playing a Tuesday practice round for 20 bucks when they pick numbers out of a hat to determine the T order in the playoff the other day. Wolf goes, man, that's cool. Can I keep that? Who's thinking about that in a playoff, especially when you're what, 22 years old and you're still an up and comer like that and haven't won a whole bunch of times. I, I just thought that was awesome from Wolf. I, I love his attitude. I'm telling you, sometimes the wagon leads the uh, the cart. As I cart before the horse, horse before the cart, the the tail wags the dog. I don't know. Give me one of your your old 1700s axioms here. But smile a little bit, maybe you play better. That's my point, Pete. Everything I've heard about Matthew Wolf is he's the best kid. I think he is a superstar. Hits the ball a country mile, and uh, could have easily had four eagles on a nine and a nine hole stretch, which just shows how much freaking upside he has. And that's a great transition into this week. Matthew Wolf on BetMGM, 20 to 1. Capcom and Canley, 22 to 1. Hatton, 22 to 1. Mark Howa, 25 to 1. Matsuyama, 25 to 1. Finau, 25 to 1. Markets are a reflection of the public. You know that better than anybody. I'm not. Public's going to all jump on Wolf. It. I'm not disagreeing with it. No, uh, it, it's very viable. I believe Wolf is uh, sixth on the board. Is that correct? On BetMGM? That's correct. He's worthy of it because he's shown not only is he in good form, but he's been playing really good golf against really good fields. I mean, that's two major championships this year so far in the last couple of months, and he's been fourth and second at those two. Yeah, top of the board, though, Jason. I mean, we got some really good players. We got DJ, Rom, JT, Rory, 
Xander. I played Shadow Creek a bunch. I don't think any golf course has more gambling done on it than than Shadow Creek. Uh-huh. It's an amazing place. Tiger Jam every year there. I've had some unbelievable experiences. It's one of my favorite places on earth. It's just an amazing, amazing spot. The one thing I do know from a course history perspective, I do think DJ uh, might be the rightful favorite because he does have the course record. And he went birdie, birdie, eagle. And uh, there's like a scorecard in like the story because he was with Wayne Gretzky uh, in the bathroom. So DJ's got a little course history. I'm doing some digging. Uh, You and I both know Monty. I have a lot of friends who play out at at Shadow a lot. So trying to get the down low on on who might have the most course history. And there's other epic gambling stories there. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really interesting week. And it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, Shadow Creek is gorgeous. Uh, it's going to be really, really cool. Great time of the year in Vegas. So, Shadow uh, Creek, the best players in the world. I can't wait to watch this weekend. It's going to be a really fun watch. Adam Scott is not in the field this week, but when I did one of my uh, PJ Tour players' favorite betting story series a couple of years ago, uh, Scott's favorite story was uh, he and Couples, Freddie Couples, were playing with Phil Ivey, the legendary poker star, and. Uh, they didn't have enough action going for Ivy. Ivy wanted a little more action out there. And basically, I, I might get this a little wrong. I haven't looked at the story in a little bit. But with, I think, five holes left to play, Ivy said, I bet you guys don't make six birdies or something like that, And you know, between the two of you. And I'll bet you 10 grand each or whatever it was. And, you know, people can go back, Google story. It's, you know, Adam Scott, Phil Ivy, Jason Sobel. I wrote it, whatever. I, you can figure it out. Um, it was at Shadow. And so the punchline of the story is, Freddie failed to make a birdie that he could have made. Adam Scott failed to make a birdie and Phil Ivey walked away with all their money. So um, yes, you're right. It's a place where the bets do get pretty steep out there Um, for everything I've seen. And I was out there for the match two years ago. It's really hard to walk around and watch two guys play golf and say, well, this is a ball strikers course, but from everything you see and everything you hear at about 7,500 yards, uh, even though there's elevation, this should be a tee to green kind of week. And these are the guys that you and I usually look for, the guys who are really good ball strikers. Yeah, we got a drive par four. The par fives are very gettable at this course, specifically 18. Yeah, you've seen me play golf. I don't make many eagles ever. One of my first in a betting game was actually at Shadow Creek. So Blind Squirrel finds a not very lucky uh, moment. But if I'm making, and obviously I'm playing different tees, but the par fives are extremely gettable, uh, especially with distance. So yeah, I think Tia green guys, definitely some of these bombers and the fairways are pretty open. I mean, if you do get offline trees will become a problem, but yeah, I think it should favor the ball strikers. The greens are quick, but I think this is a ball strikers course. Um, you move that to move the ball a little bit in certain spots, but for the most part, it's in front of you. And if you have the distance, you should be able to eat this course alive. I think, I think we'll see some low scores. Yeah, I think so, too. I spoke with one player today who's in the field, hadn't been to the course yet, and texted me and said, yeah, you know, it's uh, they just uh, overseeded. The course was closed until Monday. Uh, there's no uh, there's no member play or anything like that before this, and, and so it's supposed to be, like, really soft, and they're going to shoot the lights out. They're going to shoot some really low scores. And then that same player texted me later in the day, said, I'm still not there, but from what I'm hearing – it's fast and firm. It's going to be really hard and the scores might be higher than we thought. So uh, it's somewhere between uh, high scoring and low scoring and somewhere between fast and firm and uh, really soft. And so I don't know exactly how that's supposed to help us this week, other than we may have to take a little bit of a wait and see approach. And of course, we're recording this on Monday evening, you and I. So uh, there's a lot of water. 
In the There's next a lot of water. That's the one sure. thing I will say. And obviously, PGA Tour players, you know, water is more in play for all the uh, amateurs, and that's what makes it kind of fun from a gambling perspective. But that that will be interesting to see how that plays out. And if it plays firm and fast, that would be the defense of the course for sure, because um, there's certain collection areas and if they're not able to stick the ball on the greens as much, uh, could get, could get tricky. Hope you're enjoying this great action network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the locked on podcast network. Locked on has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you. Locked on 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome everybody to the locked on Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked on podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search locked on your favorite team. Subscribe to your locked on podcast. Let's start at the top of that uh, list. Uh, you mentioned Matthew Wolf, who's sixth on the board. He's right behind uh, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley. So sort of the usual suspects. No Bryson this week, no Webb Simpson, no Patrick Reed. But uh, other than that, we've got pretty much uh, the top players in the game playing there this week. And so uh, where do you start looking? Dustin with the course record? I mean, it sounds like you're kind of leaning towards Dustin a little bit. I will, and this is based on not a whole lot, but Xander Shoffley, we all know, I mean, it tends to be a cliche these days, but plays his best golf in limited field events with no cut and big boy fields, you know, against some of the best players. Uh, He's won at Kapalua. He's won the Tour Championship. He's won a WGC event. So you start looking at Shoffley, and uh, just based on that and based on the fact that he loves Vegas, his girlfriend's parents – live there he's talked about uh very seriously moving out to vegas at some point so it's a place where he's got a comfort level in the type of event that he's got a comfort level and for those reasons which might not be saying much i do like xander from that top tier i mean you're not going to get any arguments from me on xander i think he's underrated still phil tweeting out that he thinks he's the best player in the world does everything exceptionally well like DJ, just with the what I you know the little nugget, but you know I'm a Rom guy. I think he's the best player in the world, and at some point Rory's really going to turn it on. So uh, this entire top of the board is intriguing, and you know JT is the best iron player in the world. So can't go wrong with any of those top guys. Tough to find value, in this, uh, you know, on that that top group. But from a DFS perspective, uh, I'll have to wait and see to see who I think is going to be chalk. And I think you go with whoever's not chalk out of that group because you can make compelling arguments for all of them. Um, so yeah, I like, I, I mean, hard to poke holes in any of those guys. And I do think, uh, Wolf, even though I don't mind, I think he's maybe properly priced. I would definitely buy all the guys ahead of Wolf, uh, for sure. Rather than buying Wolf. Speaking of all these top players, we are one month away from the first ever November masters. And if you want to get a little bit of a peek into the window of who might contend at the masters and who we're liking and who we might be fading a little bit. This week and next week's Zozo Championship at Sherwood Country Club in L.A., um, those are going to be the two events where I look at them and say, all right, give me some clues. Give me some hints into who might be able to get after this green jacket this year and who's sort of a pretender, who's not quite ready to be there yet and whose game is not peaking around this time of year. So I, I will be looking closely at a lot of those ball striking numbers, uh, not only for this week, but for down the road and, and looking at that as to how it'll work for Augusta and, and who might be ready to win there. I'm with you. I think that there's a lot of signal on who plays well here. 
Uh, a lot this for a lot of guys, this will be there's not many events that you want to play um, after this one. So I, you know, I think I think LA has a pretty good field, but um, mm-hmm. after that, we'll probably see these guys yeah, in the Raptors. Bermuda and then Houston. So I mean, you know, there might be some guys playing Houston as far as the upper the tier players, up. but yeah, uh, for the most part, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna get our biggest glimpse into how the top players are playing over the next 14 days or so. Right. Giddy up. Let's bet horses for courses. And they're next on the board. I mean, I think Kepka's an easy fade um, yeah. in this mid-tier, and, and we'll have to wait to see what happens. But so many compelling guys. I mean, Fleetwood's been hitting the ball amazing in Europe, struggling a little bit with the putter. Berger's been on fire. Matsuyama just really let me down. Uh, Fitzpatrick played really well over in Europe. I mean, Sergio's coming off a win. You got Paul Casey, Rose, uh, Neiman, your guy, Brian Harmon coming off a really good uh, performance. Who do you like in the mid-tier, Jason? Okay, so I'll give you four names, one of or a couple of which you just mentioned there. But Daniel Berger. Berger just feels like a Vegas guy to me, doesn't he? I mean, I know he's so a South swagger. Florida kid, yeah. but so much swagger. I mean, he's just he's gonna have uh, he's gonna have a good time in Vegas this week, but not a good time like. Oh man, he's not even going to care about what he's. He's just like this is just so right up his alley. Playing shadow and playing for big money. It's just it's just a Daniel Berger vibe this week. Straight vibing in in Sin City this week for for Berger. So I uh, like him a lot. And then three guys that I liked last week a lot that I'm carrying it over this week because all their numbers look pretty good. Uh, Sung J M, Joaquin Neiman, Abraham Answer. Uh, all three of those guys. Uh, uh, really like three of my favorite guys that I look at on a regular basis for top tens and DFS plays and things like that. So um, I think they're all very, very worthy candidates and guys who um, maybe a little bit more motivation than some of the top players, maybe coming out and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, a good young player want to go out there and win this thing would be, you know, sort of the biggest thing on my resume. And so that's not to say that a guy like Rom or JT or Rory wouldn't want to win this one. Of course they do, but I think it's a little bit bigger for one of those guys who, you know, they can look at it and say, hey, this is, you know, this is kind of the feather in my cap at this point in my career. This shows that I can beat a field of the best players in the world. Yeah, I, I like all the names you just mentioned. Um, and I think there's some interesting guys a little bit farther down. One guy who stands out just from uh, odds to DFS price is Billy Horschel, who's 7,200, but he's 70 to 1 and kind of in this mid to upper tier. Uh, and he's not priced like that. So that's something to pay attention to. I really like Kokrak if you're going a little bit mm-hmm. farther down. Uh, Total Bomber, who's got massive upside, uh, playing pretty well, too. I, I like this course a lot for him. And uh, Brian Harmon, he really impressed me last week. We were both on him. That was one of the other bright spots uh, last week. So I like Brian Harmon a lot. And then I actually have more guys kind of towards the bottom relatively than I normally do. Uh, anyone else in this mid-tier before we get to the kind of the bottom tier here? Yeah, that's about it for the mid-tier for me. I agree on Kokrak. I think Kokrak could have a really nice week this week, um, especially uh, it depends on what you're looking at, of course. Uh, if you're looking at betting, okay, well, I, I love top 20 bets. I, I will put it out there that in a, what is it, 74, 76-man field, when you're looking at top 20 bets, you're saying, okay, well, the guy only has to beat 70%, 73% of the field, whatever it might be. That's, that's a lot better for uh, picking a guy to get top 20 than it normally is. And so if you can find guys at plus 250, plus 300, plus 350, right around there, and there are some uh, pretty good options in there, 
where you say, okay, he only has to beat uh, 55 guys or so. You know, it's not like he has to go out there and win, but top 20 bets this week in these limited fields, I really like. So uh, Kokrak is there. We go a little bit further down and maybe more so for uh, DFS purposes than, um, than bets. But some of the guys are like Cam Smith, who played really well last week. We both liked him. Yeah. Ryan Palmer, who's just been super solid throughout this entire year. Uh, Dylan Fratelli, if it plays tough, and we'll find this out over the next 48 hours or so before they tee off from uh, the time we're recording. But if it plays tough, Dylan Fratelli, who plays better on tougher golf courses, if it looks like it's going to play easy and could be a birdie fest, Adam Long. Adam Long plays better at those types of tournaments. So if you're torn between a guy on DraftKings at 6,600, give it a day or two, figure out if this is going to be, you know, one of those where, hey, everyone shoots six under every day and that's going to be the scoring average or whether it's like, hey, it's going to be pretty tough. It's going to be closer to par. So I think you can either go for Telly or Long based on that. And uh, a couple other names, Brendan Steele, friend of the pod, guy that we always like, but I especially like him this week, and I'm usually pretty good calling my Brendan Steele picks. And then Joel Damon is one last guy that uh, I think is probably a bit undervalued and underrated in that marketplace. Yep. Like that call specifically on Brendan Steele the most. Corey Connor is kind of at the top of this range. I'm always going to be interested in a ball striker. And then maybe my two favorites of the long shots are Keegan Bradley and Kevin Streelman. So Streelman uh, missed the cut last week, but was right there. I think missed the cut on the number, made birdie on 18 to get to six under, which looked like it was for sure going to get in and pour one out. Imagine shooting six under in two days and not making the cut. I know it's all relative. Everyone made a lot of arguments on Twitter, but Streelman right there, kind of the, the, the thing I like, you see a missed cut, but he, he shot six under, he missed it by one. Um, I think he's, you know, West Coast guy, plays a lot of golf in Arizona. This should be set up well for him. And then Keegan, I actually haven't confirmed this, but it has to be true. And maybe you can do a little digging. I mean, Keegan's got, you know, obviously the Jordan relationship, uh, close with Michael. And Jordan has a custom golf cart and used to spend a ton of time at Shadow. Uh, there's a cool North Carolina blue uh, golf cart that Jordan's son uses a lot. But Jordan, I think, probably, I mean, he, I imagine he's played hundreds and hundreds of rounds here. Obviously, likes to spend time in Vegas. And this was his go-to spot. I've heard many stories about him playing 45 holes in a day at Shadow. Keegan's got to have joined him for some of those rounds, right? I might know some things. Okay. Well, I think this is a good course for Keegan. I I think this is a good course for Keegan. I imagine he has a lot of experience on this course. I really like Keegan Bradley this week. Yeah, I I do too. And we've done this before. Before we get to our ultimate DFS lineup, you and I will go through the – through DraftKings and make a a six-player lineup here in a second. But uh, before we do that, we've talked about this with limited field events before with no cut. How do you approach no cut events from a DFS perspective? Um, When you're looking at guys who are all going to play four rounds, do we want to put more of an emphasis on those who have higher birdie averages? Do we want to put more of an emphasis on those with, uh, (laughs) I don't know how we have analytics to quantify this, but uh, a little uh, more in the give a me, give a heck meter, um, guys who, who tend to uh, not mail it in in the last couple of rounds because we see that, uh, and especially in Vegas, we're going to see guys who are in 43rd place going into the final two rounds and go, you know what, I'm just like, I'm going to have fun this weekend and I'll play some golf and I'll get a paycheck, but I ain't too worried about it. Whereas other guys are going to say, I'm 43rd going into this weekend, but I'm going to bear down because I know that if I move from 43rd to 19th at the end of the week, 
that can mean something for me down the road. I can get some meaningful points. I can get some uh, move up in the world ranking a little bit. I, you know, that could be a big deal for me. So uh, you want to look at players and, you know, again, no real analytics to show you this, but you want to look at players that you think uh, might step on the gas pedal a little bit on the weekend, even if they're out of contention. So how do you approach this from a DFS standpoint? So two things I think are real. Well, I guess three, one, leave money on the table, more important than ever for tournaments. As we've talked about that extensively, just having a unique lineup is critical. Two, birdie making is imperative, but people know birdie making is imperative. So now you kind of get into like the uh, art of DFS where, okay, I know this guy's too cheap relative to his odds and his birdie making. He's going to be really popular. So there's that whole uh, element of his as well. Yeah, I, I like this guy, but I know everyone else is going to like this guy. So I'm going to fade this guy because no one else is going to, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I get it. You totally get into that. And uh, yeah, I, I do think that there's something to, you know, who does this matter to? Because um, it, it does show up more in these type of events and certain guys are willing to grind. And, you know, the devastating thing, I mean, I don't think people are going to withdraw, but if, if you have any sense that someone's just, you know, not their heart's not there, they don't want to be there. Um, that's always a really good reason to fade that player. I mean, especially in these types of situations. So uh, those are, those are the things that obviously one and two matter more. And uh, yeah, though, the other main point that I was trying to make uh, stars and scrubs has much more about, and I don't want to use the word scrubs stars <laughs> and whatever word we're going to use going forward has stars way, and other guys. Yeah. has way more value in this format, the balanced lineups that, you know, are more likely to have six guys through the cut, uh, you know, have value in, in normal weeks, but, you want to maximize your win equity, which is going to be taking the guys at the top of the board. I've made a few lineups already, Peter, and I can tell you that based on some of the names and some of the names we just mentioned from uh, Keegan Bradley to Brendan Steele to Joel Damon to Ryan Palmer, I mean, these guys are priced pretty low for guys of their caliber. I mean, they're, uh, they are down there. Um, and so if you want to go three stars and three whatever we're going to call them guys cheaper guys down towards the bottom um you can certainly do that this week and you can have a very viable lineup knowing that those guys near the bottom you know just because they're near the bottom doesn't mean they can't play golf and even if you get a couple of top 20s out of those uh those guys near the bottom and you get the right guys from the top tier you're gonna have a really good week doing this stuff so uh let's get into our own lineup that we make every single week uh, in just a second. But first, we are extremely excited to announce that the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM is now live. This is a free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament specifically for our podcast listeners. And you can join by simply clicking on the link in our episode description. The top 10 finishers each week receive over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes and the top five each week punch their ticket to the Wild Card Weekend Grand Finale, where they will compete for the grand prize at Vegas Trip for Two, valued at over $5,000, courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join this tournament every week of the NFL regular season. Just click on the link in our episode description. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of, because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Peter, with our first pick of the draft, would you like to pick first or defer to the second half? I'll defer. I'm taking Xander, 10,300. Lock him in. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Xander this week. I think that's a, 
a really sharp call. I'll save some money so we can come back to uh, to spending money down the road. The one guy I for sure want in our lineup is Keegan Bradley at 6,500. Mm. The narrative take, but uh, he's also playing really well. If you're going to take the ball striker angle, love Keegan. And uh, he's been playing really well. Um, and the putter is going to be the big part of it. But a uh, really strong finish two weeks ago. Could have easily won the golf tournament. Just uh, had a really bad Saturday round. So Keegan Bradley, 6,500. I, I think he's strong this week. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Uh, it makes a lot of birdies. And, and I think he'll be good on this golf course. I'm going to go. We've got 8,300 per player left to spend for the last four. And I'm going to take a guy right in the middle of that 8,200. Abraham answer to me is just, he's ready to pop. And, and I, I say this a lot because uh, I'm a big fan of this guy's game, but um, tends to be a momentum type guy. When he gets hot, he gets pretty hot for a few weeks in a row. And he's coming off that fourth place finish last week. That. By the way, that birdie on the final hole, they weren't showing very much Abraham answer on the telecast whatsoever. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there with uh, a really good DFS lineup with Abraham answer in there. And they uh, they cut to him on the fairway on 18. I'm like, this is going to oh, yeah. be really good or really bad. No, it's 90% really good. So you're just. Yeah, I mean, he, shanks, he like, could shank one into the water. He could hit one into the trees. It's like, oh. And then no, he hit this laser beam. To the front middle of the green that just kept bouncing and rolling, got to about five feet, and he made the putt for birdie, and I was jumping around my house. So uh, Abraham answer is uh, has gotten onto my good side right now. He usually is, but even I'm more so than usual. Did. Sorry to cut. I didn't mean to talk over you, but yeah, that same situation. Like when they cut to a guy that they haven't been showing, you know it's good. Like so often, ninety-five percent, but occasionally it's bad. What I find the most tilting is when they show the guy. And he hits like a very mediocre to bad shot. It's like, why are you showing this guy? Just like put it to 50 feet on the green or something like that. And that, that occasionally happens. And my hopes always get so high when it's one of my guys. And then when it's an average shot, I, I just, I'm, I'm confused. There are very few feelings in gambling and in, in DFS than the feeling of the golf telecast, all of a sudden going to your guy who they oh. haven't been showing. He's not in the lead going, and now let's let's go to Abraham answer on 18. And you're like, what? I, that's my guy. Whoa, whoa. It's like, you know, that's my they music I just heard. Out. They hold yeah, out. I, I mean, the time. but but you never know. There's always that chance that like, oh, my God, you'll never believe what he just did. He Shank. somehow hit the ball backwards. Yeah, he shanked yeah. into the what? That's the worst shot I've ever seen from a pro. He's yeah. going to make a 12 from there. And, you're, you know, you're just like, yeah, oh, my God, what is it? What is it? And, and even when answer hit that shot. The first thing out of the announcer's mouth, I think it was Rich Lerner, said, ooh, caught that one a little thin. Ooh, that one, you know, took a low trajectory. And it's like, oh, man, it's, this is gonna, they're just going to show, like, how some shot, if you don't hit the right shot into 18, could bounce over the green, go 40 yards past or something like that. Instead, rolled right up there. So, you know, good things. There's two guys I love at 7,200, Brian Harmon and Billy Horschel. And I'm about to figure out who's chalkier, but I'll go with Brian Harmon for now. Really good form. We were on him last week. I like both those guys a ton. I imagine I'll have exposure to both. Um, but I'm going to go with with Brian Harmon. Uh, he's coming off some good form, and we were both on him last week. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. If you're going between the two of those guys, if it's – are we looking for ball strikers or are we looking for guys who can get it up and down from everywhere? And I think that comes down to what kind of course is this going to be. Is it going to play soft with lower scoring? If that's the case, I want Horschel. Is going to play fast and firm where you're going to miss a bunch of greens and you're going to have to get up and down a whole lot during the course of a round? 
then I want Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon's one of the best chippers in the game. Billy Horschel, one of the better iron players. So I think it just comes down to what kind of course it is. We can put Harmon down for now. And by the way, right below them at 7,100, Siwoo Kim, watch out. We didn't mention that name yet, but he's got a massive upside. Watch out, Siwoo Kim. That, that's a name that um, don't let that name sort of sneak past you at 7,100 this week because there's a, a lot of upside on that one. Not when he's the favorite. Buy him when he's down here. Exactly. Yeah, we had him as a favorite or close to it a few weeks ago. Like, eh, I'm not doing Siwoo there, but Siwoo here this week, eh, watch out for Siwoo. I like that. Okay, we've got 8,900 per man left. I'm going to make a move, and I know exactly where you're going to make a move right after I make my move. Perfect. I'm going to go with my boy Joaquin Neiman at 7,500. That is interesting. That leaves us 10-3, right? Correct. I'm actually confused that you think that, you know, because that leaves me in a weird spot. It leaves me, I mean, I want to go, I like Matthew Wolf and DFS, but I, I kind of want to go more Akawa here. Who are you thinking? Whoa. About? I thought you were jumping at Wolf. I love, and I love Matthew Wolf for DFS. So much upside birdie making. Yeah, I, I think that's a really sharp play. And I actually, I don't like him in betting, but in DFS, I think he'll catch much lower ownership than the other guys. I think it's like a by the way, and I did really well last year with kind of catching on to the fact that Victor Hovland had this great record when he first turned pro on the weekends, especially the final rounds. He was just on fire. He was shooting 65 every single Sunday. And Matthew Wolf is the kind of guy that um, if you're playing showdown lineups, if you're playing weekend lineups in DFS, and Matthew Wolf is sitting there in 35th place, and he's not really doing a whole lot, he's the kind of guy. He's exactly what we talk about when we say, find a guy who's not just going to pack it in on the weekend to find a guy who wants to go out there and make some Eagles and is going to get aggressive and fire at pins. And that's Matthew Wolf to me. That, that's exactly what he will do if he's mired in the middle of the pack. And so for me, yes, he's a really good play pre-tournament in these lineups. You're smirking at me a little bit, Peter, as if. No, no, I, I agree with I, you. I think for those showdown lineups later in the weekend, I love playing Matthew Wolf on a regular basis. I mean, that's why I just did this last week. I mean, he just went nuclear on the weekend. I mean, the yes. guy has got some serious firepower, and he's way longer than people realize. And he's hitting it, like, right there with Bryson. I mean, I love Matthew Wolf, and uh, I think DFS-wise, I'm happy that you put us there because he's a perfect payup to be contrarian. All the guys above him are going to be more popular, I think, in DFS this week, and Wolf at 10K is a payup to be contrarian play, which I love. NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. Is it worth doing a couple lineups this week where you're basically taking, I mean, kind of what we said earlier, taking guys you don't like. You don't like Kepka, but you know what? No one else is going to like Kepka either. Jason Day, who looked unbeatable, who looked great for about a month and a half, has now looked 
not so good for a month and a half coming off a miscut, throw Jason Day in there. I mean, just guys who you know they can play well. I mean, they're not scrubs. They're not guys who aren't good players. But is it worth making some lineups out of guys who, you know what? I don't really like them, but I don't think a lot of the general public likes them either. So might as well take these guys at some lower ownership. Yeah. I mean, if there's a week to do it, it's this week. Kepka, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth all kind of fit that that mold. So uh, it doesn't feel great clicking them. But, um, yeah, and Kepka probably the most out of those three. I, I'm worried about Jason Day's back, and hopefully Spieth can find some positive momentum. How fun would it be if Spieth, you know, was first-round leader or something like that at Augusta? I, I'm rooting for Jordan. Um, just He just uh, listened to a podcast recently with Jordan. He's a thoughtful, amazing guy, and um, I know I bet against him a lot, but I'm genuinely rooting for him. So, uh, yeah, all those guys are interesting, and this is the week to, to take shots on ownership. Maybe not put all of them together. You only need a couple guys to get leverage versus the field, but I do think this week more than others, uh, ownership matters a ton. By the way, I'm going to – I don't do this often, but I'm going to read one of my tweets, and it's not because – of the entertainment value, but the informational value. How deep is this week's CJ Cup field? These guys all needed sponsor exemptions this week. Tommy Fleetwood, Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Jordan Spieth, and Keegan Bradley. I naively, maybe ideally, picture these guys, Brooks Kepka sitting down at his desk at home, taking out pen and a piece of loose leaf paper, like, dear tournament director, I would really love to get a chance to play in your tournament this year. It would be a really fun experience. For me. I mean, can you, can you just imagine like these guys, like the letter writing campaign? I mean, that's what you have to do. If you're, you know, you want to sponsor exemption into a regular PGA tour event you're some journeyman, you're a young player. I, you basically have to write a letter. You have to write a letter to the tournament director and uh, whoever else, the sponsor around the tournament and try to get them on your side. Can you imagine guys like Brooks Kepka and Tommy Fleetwood and Jordan Spieth, writing letters to get an exemption into a golf tournament this week. Crazy, crazy times we're living in and uh, happy they're all in. I think it's going to be awesome. Shadow Creek. If you ever have an experience, ever have the chance in Las Vegas to go out and play it, it is an ultimate treat. Um, and it's going to be fun to, to just see the, the course on display this weekend. You guys all heard that next time you're in Vegas, just head over to shadow, drop Jennings name, and they will get you right out to the first tee. No questions asked or right out of the parking lot and say, see you. <laughs> Oh, this has been fun, buddy. Uh, any final thoughts before we get going? Say, so, uh, leave money on the table in DFS, pay up to be contrarian, and uh, yeah, hopefully Keegan Bradley. Uh, he's he's the guy I'm really looking at right now. So hopefully Keegan with a strong finish. Yeah, I'm looking at a lot of these mid-tier guys: Neiman, uh, Answer, M, Berger, Siwoo, uh, guys of that ilk, uh, along with the Xander Shoffley pick that I mentioned as well. So um, should be a great week uh, for Peter Jennings. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks so much for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Just hoping all your bets hit the green this week. We're finished talking.